Pete Ross, how's it going, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm actually doing fantastic. Guess who's sponsoring the show? Who? Chrono Twenty Four, baby. What? The Chrono Twenty Four. The Chrono Twenty Four. I told oh, you I wow. bought my watch, my Omega Speedmaster, to them. Is this like two years, two and a half years ago? Amazing. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, well, the buyer protection. You know, you get to have your watch collection right there virtually, uh, and not only that, it actually tells you what they're trending for, what they're selling for. Now, this really cool thing called the uh, the watch scanner, where you actually put it on your wrist as a piece of paper, you print it out, and uh, you can virtually try on any watch. And of course, they have a virtual showroom. Mm, wow, that's incredible. But don't they also have screened and approved dealers? Yeah, they do. Global mm -hmm. worldwide shipping, customer support 24 7, available in 22 languages, new used, pre owned, and vintage watches. Yep. And on, the man. plethora of watches they carry is incredible. Rolex, Omega, Patek, Cartier. I mean, you name it, man. All the big brands are there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I recommend it because I've used them. Absolutely. And if you looking for a watch, hit the link in the description. Guys, I was a great welcome back to another episode of the SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast. You made it all the way to episode 80. If you're with us in this journey, 80. thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun, and we, we're going to keep going. Um, so we, we, we have another fun one for you today. Hope you uh, hope everybody's doing well. P. Ross, good morning. How's it going? Good morning, Miguel. How are you, sir? I'm very, I'm doing very fantastic, tired. Mr. P. Ross. You know? uh, I'm actually very tired myself. I was just telling you that we, we had a little get together yesterday with uh, uh, my nephew. It was his birthday. We were just going to go for cake, right? But it turned out into cake and then food and then talking. And uh, yeah, I, I am home. shocked. I, I got home at 1.45 a.m., had to take Ooh. a shower. Went to sleep at almost 3 a.m. and woke up at 6.30 a.m. for this podcast. So I am sure <clears throat> if my voice is a little cracky, it's because I haven't had much sleep. But I love what we do. That's why I do what I do. And we have an awesome guest for you guys lined up today. So, P. Ross, yes, we do, do your thing, yes, man. We do. Yo, listen, check this out. We got an OG, right, from the watch game. You understand what I'm saying? This brother hails from Germany. You understand me? That's we right. got Constantine from the Mr. B YouTube channel in the building. That's an intro. Hey, <laughs> How's it going, brother? Yeah. Yes, guys. First of all, um, happy anniversary. 80, 80 episodes 80. is quite Thank something. You. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I'm just here before because of the intro. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. No it, was, doubt. it was a pleasure having you. <laughs> okay, no, this is amazing. People, people get. Uh, well, let me let me ask you. I guess I'm so used to hearing P. Ross's intros. Uh, I mean, I think they're amazing, but I, I'm so used to hearing them on your end. How does it feel to be introduced like that? Is is that cool, or, oh, wow. or what is it? I, I feel like a box champ before you go into the ring, you know. And oh yeah, in the yeah. house, in the building, absolutely. On the, the, this, this corner, Mr. B, what Wayne in it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, man, um, we've been uh, we've been trying to, to trying to get you on the show for what uh, I think almost a year. We've been mm -hmm. talking about it, but because of our schedules yeah. and, and the time difference, it's crazy. 
uh, we haven't been able to do so. But thank you so much. I mean, you came on episode 80. That is very special. So we thank you so much for that, man. It's an honor for me, guys. Thanks. But, but um, I know you're super active on, on YouTube. Uh, and obviously, I know your journey. I've seen all your work. But for people that may not know uh, who you are and about your YouTube channel and all that stuff, do you mind giving us a, a quick introduction and uh, and your journey into what got you into watch collecting? But before, customary wristwatch check. What are you wearing on your wrist, my friend? Um, right now, I do uh, my Brighting Avenger chronograph for these three millimeters mm. i do rock this since beginning of the year actually um it's the one watch i do wear the most right now in my collection and still enjoying it still like it have it since 2017 and it's going wow. stronger and stronger actually how about you pretty ross what are you rocking uh hamilton khaki classic you know what I'm nice. on the uh on FKM. the fkm strap from strap co Nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So today I, I wanted to do a different pairing. There's a micro brand by the name of Second Hour Watches. This is a Gen Clear Diver Salita SW200 on a Strapsco FKM uh, strap. Super comfortable, but haven't worn this guy in uh, in a while. But white dial. Maybe that's why I don't wear it because I, I typically stick with darker dials. But I wanted to do something fun, you know. So that's, that's what I'm wearing. That's a good looking watch, man. <laughs> Not sound. a bad looking Looks watch. Sound. So let me let me ask you, Constantine. How does that um, Avenger wear? Because the forty-three millimeters, I mean, it sounds kind of big, but it it wears beautiful on your wrist. It it works big. Uh, it works big or not too big. You know, I've got eighteen point five centimeter wrists, and I don't know when I tried it the first time. It was falling in love on first sight. It, it just fits my wrist. I don't know how it works. It's pretty thick, about seventeen millimeters. Mm, it's ooh. a beast of a watch, but I don't know. I rock it every day. It's my EDC watch, so to say, and it's wow. it's really comfortable. I don't do know, you know how they made it. Do you know the specs, lug to lug? Because I know it's forty three, but what it, what is the overall? Uh, I would say um, fifty fifty two ish, fifty four. Mm. Okay. It's not it's not too bad actually. Yeah, I think cool. the. My uh, Buloba Lunar Pilot, I think it's like 52. I mean, it, it fits big on me because I have a 17.26 millimeter wrist. So obviously smaller than you. So it does wear a little big. But, you know, that thing looks great on you. That's all I was You could pull it off with 17.6 or 17 yep. even. You can you can pull it mm -hmm. off, definitely. That's cool, man. All right. So let's let's get back to the question because i'm really curious to know your, your your watch journey what got you into watch collecting and um you know and i started in 2008 collecting watches is what okay. like taking on a new job changing company and um, then a colleague of mine that were uh, marcelo c and i wanted to get a watch wanted to get a little bit more in mechanical watches into mechanical watches my dad was sort of a watch guy and then I start searching, writing in watch forums, which was a big mistake because once you are hooked there, <laughs> yeah. you are literally lost. And yeah, middle of 2008, I purchased my first mechanical watch, the Marcelo C. Tridente, which mm. is funny because right now, in the stage right now, I'm not a big homage watch fan, but I started with a homage watch. Mm. And I did rock this one for more than three years oh, um, wow. before mm. I went before I went to China. This was like also my everyday carry one and only watch, 43 millimeters. And yeah, with that, I got hooked. I got into watches more and more. I um, did write in the Rolex forum in Germany. I did write in the watch forum in Germany. 
um, read a lot about watches. And this was like the pre-YouTube time. So you have mm. had to be in forums, um, check newspapers, like check the GQ watch special stuff and so on. And I really enjoyed it and liked it. And buying the first one, everything went loose. And in 2011, when I turned 30, I went also to China as an expat for about four years. And for my 30th birthday, I was able to purchase my first real luxury watch, which was then the um, Rolex GMT Master. And then mm. everything got, got worse, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, this is how I get into the watches. That's very Ooh, nice. nice. That's super nice. cool. So, I mean, I, I've seen your collection. You got some nice stuff in there. You Breitling, you got your Rolex, you got Seiko, I believe, right? Um, of course. So, Oris? Do you have Oris? No, I, I, I did have an Oris, <laughs> Oris Tecon, but I sold it. But I want to have one back. Um, I really yeah. would like to get one of the new Oris models, the new Oris Aquas, the um, Datwat. is a German special or limited edition, which is pretty nice. Let's see. Right now, I have other plans. Um, so this is like um, announcement on your channel and this podcast first. I'm selling right now my Omega Speedmaster oh. because I'm going to turn 40. And um, I made okay. a video about the Katja Santos. And I really want to have the Santos. So the Speedmaster is going wow. to my sacrifice for the two-tone mm. Santos. That's a big oh, change, wow. man. Well, remind me again yeah. what Speedmaster is it? The, the Sapphire Sandwich? Yeah, Sapphire Sandwich. Mm. it's a tough one it's a tough one i do have this watch since 2013 mm. so, wow wow man so what is it what is it about the santos it speaks so much more than a speedy i do have the speedy since eight years now and it's it's strange it's a beautiful piece i like it i like the history i really am a fan of watches with history but it doesn't get the wrist time I do like. And I do have my two-tone GMT Master. I do have my Avenger. And I don't know, they are a little bit on the louder side. And when I do or did check out then the Santos, the two-tone Santos, man, I do love it since they introduced it, the newer Santos iteration, especially in two-tone. I love two-tone. And when I have it here for review, fun story, they left the watch with me like three to four weeks so I really could try out. Yeah. Stefan from the AD who gave it to me, he didn't know what he has to do to get me hooked. And um, yeah, I have to buy it now. So. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it's on him wow. actually. But That's if you a... do the review, you see the macro shots, yeah. you have really time to get into the watch. Um, big mistake. I did compare it also with the Speedy, was thinking back and forth. I did think also last year about selling my speedy actually but i never could pull the trigger and now it's like okay i have to get that santos mm, that's a hell of a sacrifice yeah it is <laughs> yeah i do i am curious about something and it's not something that we talked about so it's just a, a question that i that want to throw your way in. and i'm just asking because we've asked several of our guests that are married and i know for some they tell as a wife is like super cool. They don't care. But for some other people like myself, you know, it's, it's always a, a battle, right? Because it's, it's a luxury item. It's expensive. They just don't get it. Um, I think P Ross's wife is pretty supportive. Um, yeah. yeah. And we've have guests, like I said, all over the place, right? Some are like, Oh yeah, they get it. And some are like, yeah, it's, it's really hard. So how does your wife feel about watch collecting and you potentially spending a lot of money on a, on a wristwatch? <laughs> 
No, she's she's a good supporter. She's fine with oh, that. Cool. So I don't have trouble. Um, this is why I do sell my Speedmaster because I told her also, hey, I've got my I've got my fun budget, and if I would like to add a new watch, okay, one has to go because mm. yeah, we do save up also for other things, of course. Mm-hmm. And when you do YouTube, you have also other things to purchase, talking oh, about yeah. light, new camera, and so on. So this is adding up. So um, this is why I'm going to sell the Speedy, have a little bit in the fun money box, so to say. And this I'm allowed to spend. <laughs> but no, she's right alright with it. I get it. And, and I was, it was funny. I was actually telling a, a story. We were having a conversation with, with the family yesterday, right? So my wife's brothers and sister-in-law and her mom and dad were there and everything. And we were talking about gifts, right? Gifts and anniversaries and this and that. And and it's funny how everybody thinks so different, right? So my sister-in-law, she was like, oh, I'm all for gifts. I love gifts. And obviously, the more expensive, the better. And, you know, and, and she's on that camp. But then on the other side, my wife goes, she's like, oh, yeah, Miguel's got me gifts before. Uh, but I end up returning them. It's funny. She's returned probably like five or six gifts that I've given her for like anniversaries. Birthdays. Mm. She'll be like, oh, thank you. And then she'll return it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what are you going to buy? No, nothing it's fine i don't want anything mm. it's like it, it, it's kind of good in a way because we're saving money but it sucks because it's like well i picked it for you i went out of my way to pick it for you now mm. you don't have a gift for me you know but on the other hand i'm the type uh, that i would love to get something right not because of material things but because i love watches so i would love to get a watch but now because it makes me feel guilty because she doesn't want anything and she doesn't like mm. anything and she doesn't like spending money. So now it's like, it puts me in a position where like, if I want to buy a luxury watch, I have to make sacrifices and get a part-time job or work extra or sell my watches. It's not that we don't have money is that our money, money, our real money is not fun money. Like you said, you know, and mm. it's, it's a difficult right. situation to navigate through, but I guess ultimately what I'm trying to tell people that can relate to my story is that a lot of watches are fun, right? It doesn't have to be a Rolex or an Omega. I mean, right. a lot of watches are respected, like what P. Ross is wearing, right? A Hamilton khaki mechanical. It's a hell of a watch. And for less than 400 bucks, you could find them brand new. You'll get mm-hmm. respected from the community and you'll get a lot of enjoyment from it. So, you know, absolutely money doesn't equal fun, money doesn't equal respect. There's a plethora of watches out there. Um, right. so anyway, on, on this gift giving thing, there's nothing more than I like than getting a gift. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what I hate, I hate for people to give me money for a gift, really. I, I hate what, that because what about it, a gift card. How do you feel about gift cards? I could do a gift card. I could do a gift card. Okay. But you giving me money just tells me you didn't have the thought or you don't know me enough to know what I like to give me. Okay. You know what I mean? So I, I love gifts in general. So that might All be right. kind of weird, but you know, it is what it is. No, it is what it is. Constantine, how do you feel about that? Fair point, actually. I I am not a good gift receiver, to be honest. So Great when thing. I have birthday, everyone is going to ask me what you what you what would you like to get, what would you like to have, and I have to really think hard because some of the stuff I would like to have is pretty expensive, so I will not <laughs> ask for that, of course. <laughs> and um, the other thing is, it's like I'm fine. <laughs> it's it's okay, um, and I sometimes have a very specific wish or thing in my mind i would like to have it it is so i give them some sort of hints okay 
if you really would like to give me something, then um, it would be like this, 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 and they can pick from this list. So I'm horrible at receiving gifts. Wow. Um, with my wife, it's totally different. She likes surprises. And I do like actually to give gifts. Yeah, so, I love um, giving gifts yeah. too, yeah. For sure. I guess that's why I like getting gifts because I love getting them. You know what I mean? Well, like I actually think stuff out when I give people stuff. So Wow. Well, here's one thing of our friend that that wasn't on the list again of things we were going to talk about but he is a minimalist am i am i wrong in saying that mm, not really a minimalist but i do use somehow the the base of that so um then you check out my my closet okay we do have their uh, metodo um i do have like a set of clothes so in my videos you can see i have a very capsule wardrobe so I do have just the clothes I do like. I'm not walking around just in black, but I do like to combine it for the company and for the free time. And it's like I, I try to keep out clutter as much as possible. And it does work for me actually pretty well. And I do somehow do this also with my watch collection. Um, in the beginning, I got a huge watch collection, a couple of pieces, and then I started really to focus, um, talking about one brand, one watch, for example. And... Um, make me actually to think more about what I would like to get talking about watches here, which watch I really would get. Okay. If I would like to get an Omega Seamaster, I cannot keep the Speedmaster. So do I really want, want to buy the Seamaster? I don't know. It's, it's, it's just working for me. I know it's not for everyone, but it's something which, which really works out for me at the moment. Okay. Cool. 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 Nice. So, You've been in this YouTube space for a long time. What has oh, been man. the biggest challenges and rewards? I think the challenges you guys know as well, it's like trying to hustle out every week a video or yeah. podcast episode. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I'm in a more comfortable situation. I don't have kids yet. So um, you have a little bit more time up on your sleeves, but I've got lots of work normally. So within the week, I work like from eight to Eight to eight because I do. I'm responsible also for for China and also wow. for South Africa. And my company is a Canadian one, so I stay up late for some calls. And this is really eating up a lot of time. And then grinding out two videos, one in German, one in English, plus for my other channel, mm. another video once a week. It's <clears throat> yeah. it's adding up, especially after what's edit and stuff. So um, yeah, this is definitely a hustle. Uh, fun. Well, my channel changed quite a lot in the last year and this year where I really made like leap steps, which was really fun. And um, I've got the opportunity now to work together with Breitning. They sent me in the uh, wow. Super Chronomat, which was amazing. I never did expected that. And this is where I think this was really worth it to grind out the last four years, every week, a video and um, sticking on that. And it's fun still. So I'm on YouTube since four years. I love watches. I'm a watch collector since 2008. It's fun to do it, but sometimes it can be a little bit stressful, as you guys know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations totally on that Breitling collaboration. That's huge. Oh, Thanks. yeah. Especially because I know Breitling is one of your favorite brands, so that, that, that must be <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it was really fun. I didn't expect that. It was, it was a nice feeling when they reached out via whatsapp this was funny <laughs> i thought really? you have this imagination all the brands reach out how would you write a mail uh, mm. constantly no it was a whatsapp hey wow. would you make hey, like to up? get a, a, a mm, watch mm, or mm. review a new one so i wouldn't mind that <laughs> how do you so how do you feel about the nabby timer 
Um, I like the Neville Timer. I, I, I'm a fan of the wings, guys. So um, I would love to see again the winged logo on the Navi Timer. But yeah. I have to admit one thing. For the Chronomat, I even would like more the wings. For the Navi Timer, as the dial is very cluttered, it's a lot of things going on on the dial. The regular B makes it look a little bit cleaner. So from a design point of view, it did make a little bit sense. And the Navi Timer is based on the Chronomat. And the Chronomat didn't uh, or had a wing logo. So it's all right. But still, I think a pilot's watch, everything which is flying should have wings. And I don't mind the wing logo as well. So it's okay how it looks like right now. But um, the wing logo also would be appreciated again. Cool. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I guess going back to the um, to the YouTube thing, um, what is the so four years is a long time. So a lot longer than than me for sure. Uh, uh, you know, but um, I guess one of the questions that I have is, what would be the uh, the biggest advice you can give somebody that's just getting into YouTube or is thinking of starting a YouTube channel? Um, first of all, think about what you really would like to do. Because I didn't do this. I just watched videos and thought, hey, I know a little bit about watches. Why not make a YouTube channel? Because I see other guys who do this. It was a right. smaller community then. But I didn't have the concept. I didn't know anything about how to make a thumbnail, what is important. Maybe you should get a diff like LED lamps or something, a decent right. camera. My, my first video is horrible. It's like 15 minutes about my um, yellow gold submarine I've got those days. And I talk seven minutes like about the box of the watch and you don't see the watch at all. It's like, no, it's, it's not working at all. Funny, fun fact is it's the most successful video on my channel that does have right now, I think 140,000, 150,000 views, which is crazy. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, think about what do you really like because you have to like or love the topic because you really spend a lot of time and in the very beginning you don't get views you don't get attention so do it for yourself do what you like but also focus a little bit about the structure and yeah stick on it do it every week try to write out every week content so i think this works best when you start the channel and if you would like have also after one year, two year, don't think like after six months, I have my success. No, it doesn't work. See this with our other channel. We sticked or we did videos for one year, one year, two months. And now we reached there finally the 1000 subscriber mark. And now it's like developing. It was worth it. But the beginning is tough. Just stick to it. And um, yeah, do your thing. Well, I, I, I can relate to you because obviously you have one main youtube channel but like you said you do uh two um languages on on that um on that uh youtube channel right so you do german and english so you could relate to me how difficult it is right even though it's the same content but words are completely different phrases are completely yeah. different so it's almost like reworking the whole thing over you know what i mean and it's i mean it's cool to see the reward from your people per se right from like for me as a spanish-speaking community for you the german-speaking community so it's cool because you're catering to that but people probably fail to realize how much work goes into that and then also like you said you have an additional youtube channel with your wife which is a fun one and it's in spanish 
Uh, but still, it's a lot of work. I'm sure you know doing whatever it is that you guys do. So man, so you you do a channel in English, Spanish, and German. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What's nice. two YouTube channels? But his main YouTube channel, the the watch one, right? He'll right. put out a video in English yeah. and one in German, right? Which, right? I respect what you do, and I I would never be able to do that. That's why I broke off my channels because there is a lot of uh, videos that I have in English that I mm. would never do in Spanish because it's a lot of work, or I wouldn't get the traction, or I would hate to. Um, you know, put this podcast in my English channel and then for the Spanish people to go like, well, how come you don't do podcast in Spanish or how come you don't mm. translate your podcast into Spanish? That's because your co-host doesn't speak Spanish. Well, <laughs> what are you doing, Piros? My man, Constantine, he speaks Spanish, believe it or not. That's what his uh, YouTube I, yeah, channel is all about. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm working in there somewhere. <laughs> well, it, 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 one thing that helps him is that he's married to a Hispanic. So it, you're not... That's, so. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of has hey. to speak Spanish. And I did live like um, two and a half years in Mexico, so um, this helped yeah. also quite a lot. Mm. So, question, and I, I've been—I I think I know the answer. I just want to ask. So, what what language do you speak at home? Because I'm assuming Spanish with your wife. Yeah. Okay. So you speak Spanish at home with your wife, but then at work Ooh. is German because it's a German company. Yeah, but it's um, we we have our plant in Germany and also sometimes in Europe, so we do speak German in the company. So with my team here, is do speak German, and um, the international stuff we do in English, of course. So would you say that English takes up this much percentage, a small percentage of the language that you mainly speak? So mainly you speak Spanish and German. Is that is that a? It's like um, it's like. Um, how many well english is also a higher percentage actually okay. it's like i would say 25 percent english and the uh, other both halves in german wow it's interesting man i, I just <laughs> for for me well for p ross obviously it's all english but for me like i don't speak spanish all that often just because everybody in my i don't speak to my mom very often when i do it's all in spanish and my sister's the same when i do it's all in spanish but i speak to him maybe my sister maybe once a month if that and my mom maybe once a week but that's the only people i speak spanish to so when i'm doing my youtube thing in spanish uh it takes me a little bit right that's why when i when i freestyle a lot of the stuff i forget a lot of words because i lived in mexico but man i i forget a lot of stuff a lot of words and stuff mm. like that so i have to kind of write it down especially when it comes to watch things man I forget, I forget a lot of stuff. And then the Hispanic people, man, I'm t I've said it before and I'll say it again, that they're really quick to judge, like super quick. If you say something wrong, if they don't like what you're saying, they don't care. They'll just leave a comment, <laughs> a long comment too. Um, you know, so it, it, it's a different beast. Uh, how is it for you in the, in the, in the German demographic? Are, are people more, are they different than your English viewers? Um, actually, yes. What I do like about my German viewers is that they like to write a lot um, under my videos. So the, the comments I got there are pretty, pretty a lot and pretty large. Um, my English comment section, the viewers I've got, the one who know my channel since years, they do write also. But um, it seems like my English speaking community doesn't like to, to add a comment 
then where the germs really do like to add their comments to the to we're the lazy right? so this is we're lazy not not lazy you like <laughs> you, you you give likes but um yeah adding a comment or writing a comment is something i do see more in my germ videos and normally my english videos don't run as well as my germ ones but sometimes when i do have like a new introduction like the omega speedmaster video i did when they released it this year um, I've got more English views on the English video or views on the English video than on my German video, but comment section of the German video was like crowded and um, the English version of the Speedmaster mm. wasn't, there weren't just too many comments. Wow. Mm. All right. All right. Well, I guess on the YouTube thing, there is a YouTuber that emerged out of nowhere and it surprised the heck out of all of us and that's jenny l right i mean she came out yeah. and, and i'm like wait what how, how how did she get so many subscribers amazing content right mm. her and her husband and everything but what in in your opinion what do you think what do you think your channel blew up is it just the quality is it the watches is it the fact that she's a girl i mean what is it a mixture of everything what do you what do you think I think it's a mix of everything. You know, um, the good thing is she has access to all the nice stuff, all the yeah. nice watches due to her husband who runs the German channel WatchWise. And um, she can use the footage and they have like, they are professionals. I do have right. like a real production company. You do say sometimes, do see sometimes they are a red Komodo camera and those stuff going on. So um, they have really nice equipment. They have a dedicated studio um, they, I think they do scripts for their videos, so they are really organized. And um, she speaks a very good English. Yeah, it's a, she's a woman, of course, and I think it's rare right now, especially in our watch community, to have a woman yeah. talking about watches, doing it in English um, with the additional material and um, skills in terms of videography for the watches. Well, this adds together and um, also also she got supported i think um she was on the scottish watch Post podcast um, adrian pushed her time and tide did um, push her so um she went due to this i think pretty quick viral because all the other bigger youtube channels and also other podcasts did i don't know have an eye on her and this added together and just blew up yeah crazy yeah i, I was trying to examine there <laughs> their channel and figure out what they did but you're right i mean they they are professionals and, and she said it before right that they used her husband's a professional and they used to work doing videography for other people maybe not watches but that's what they did for a living you know so they're really good at what they do and then like you said they have access to crazy watches right and the fact that she's the face of the channel because i think her husband has his youtube channel in german but correct me if i'm wrong is his channel not as big as her channel the English one? Oh, I think he got right now about 54,000 subscribers, which is huge in Germany. So what German watch channel talking about myself. Um, we are not too big. We don't have too many um, guys who are into watches. So like 50,000, 54,000, it's quite big. And um, of course, in English, she does reach um, a bigger amount of, uh, yeah. of viewers. And um, I think, how many does, does she have right now? 100? Over 100. Oh, yeah. Mm. 100? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's crazy, right? Because she started a year ago, maybe less than, or mm -hmm. just surpassed a year. That's pretty insane for our space because, you know, our space grows really slow. So, yeah. 
But she did you know? also use the right titles. Like it's a lot of yeah. Rolex related stuff. So um, <laughs> you should collaborate with them. Give them a call. Be like, I'm German too. Let's collaborate. That could help you. <laughs> we should okay. we should have her on our show too, P. Ross. Uh, reach oh yeah, out no Jen. doubt. She ain't uh, made the big time since she's been on SoCal Watch Review Podcast. You ain't in the big time yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. For That's sure. Funny. <laughs> But uh, I I do gotta ask about Breitling. So Breitling obviously kind of seems like it's one of your one of your favorite brands near and dear to your heart. And I know for for a while there they were like a one trick pony. Really, Navitimer was the only thing really they were known for. Everybody kind of talked about that. But they've been doing things different, right? And and putting out a lot of really cool watches. So uh, I I guess my question is uh, why do you love the brand so much? And also, with all the new releases from Breitling, do you think uh, collectors could get behind Breitling again? Because it seems like there's a lot more talk about Breitling, you know, in, in a positive way. So what are your thoughts? Well, I do have some sort of my ups and downs with the brand. Um, okay. Also, when Mr. Kern took over in the beginning, I wasn't the biggest fan, to be honest, because some things I didn't like right now one or two years later, it all makes a little bit more sense to me. So I got around it, wrapped my head around that. I do Breitling because when I get into watches, they made very outstanding watches, a little bit yeah. bigger watches, blingy watches. Um, Avenger is, I don't know, when you have the, the bezel design itself, it's a very clear design. It's full polished. It's like sort of into your face. Yeah. But it's not too much. I don't know how to describe it. I just like the design language from writing. And especially last year when they then introduced um, the new Chronomart 42 millimeters, I was like blown away. It's like, this was a genius, um, a genius um, novelty they presented there because the, the Chronomart before never was my cup of tea. Yeah, they did have the busy with one movement, the good movement, but the Chronomart looked off, especially the bezel, the, the font, of the of the numerals on the bezel didn't do my thing and they had a struggle to find sort of their dna hmm. and this is sorted out so before there was a trans ocean line you've got the galactic and so on and well okay mr ken introduced also the navi timer 8 they changed it now to aviator 8 but they split it up they have more modern watches with the wing they have the historical lines with the writing b logo and they do more yeah, consider their history and they have a great history. Breitling is a very old brand. They did so many good things. Um, I've got the Breitling, Breitling um, Premier Datora right now here in foreign review. And when you track the history, this watch goes back to 1944-43, I think. They're part of the game since quite a long time, yeah. and they didn't do just also pilot watches. They did also like a little bit more elegant watches. And overall, I like how they develop right now, and they're becoming more and more a thing also due to great marketing. I mean, pulling this uh, webcasts off, Brighting was the first who did do this the way they do it right now. And this is something how they separate themselves from other brands. Talking about... Um, um, about watches and wonders, such exhibitions from my point of view doesn't don't make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense for a watch brand because um, when Rolex present and Tudor present their novelties, all the other brands present their no novelties, but no one is talking about. Brightling right. did this one day before and then afterwards when no one when everyone was over the Rolex run, Rolex hype and Tudor hype, then they presented the Super Chronomart. And this is something 
they really learned and do very well. And also the way to present the Super Chronomat, adding Brad Pitt here, was, who was in a complete different studio, but it looked like they sit together. This is, um, in terms of marketing, a very good, a very good way. And also focus more and more refining the lines and um, adding there the B0 movement a little bit more before you couldn't get it with a Safari clear case back. So you couldn't see the in-house movement. Now you can see the B0 movement when it's in there. Those details, listening finally also to, to the fan base for the hardcore Brightening fans was also reflected in the current Chronomat lineup because they reintroduced the roll roll brace that um, now we have a Roro rubber strap. They even brought back the UTC model for the Roro bracelet. This is something just the fan base really likes to see. Mm. Um, so they give this to you. But if you're a new guy, a watch guy, and get into writing, you don't have to get it. You can get it also without. So they they play around a little bit more listening to the old fan base, to the hardcore writing fans, but also try to make their designs more pleasing or more interesting for for guys who just get into watches. Hmm. Got it. Cool. I love their dive watches. I know you just had a, a, a oh. video come out on that, right? Yeah. Um, Super Ocean. Um, we made actually a review of the whole Super Ocean lineup. Super wow. Ocean, um, Super Ocean Heritage, Super Ocean Heritage 57. Um, and also there, when they introduced the new Super Ocean 57, this was also nice because it's like a one-on-one homage to the first Super Ocean introduced in 1957. Um, the rainbow one was a limited edition. They presented with a blue and a black dial. Search or look for this watch right now on Chrono 24 because those prices, they went up. Really? So, um, yeah. It's, wow. I, I didn't believe it by myself, but um, this is really sorted after. And um, they do sell a little bit more over list price, right? So mm. you had the opportunity to see a rainbow in, your, in the metal, in your hands? Yeah, in the metal. Um, wow. Unfortunately, not for a long time. Um, and then I made a review with stock footage from a viewer of mine who just owned this. Was what was due to the um, crisis last year, so I couldn't lay my hands on it anymore. But when they first came out with it, um, I I could lay my hands on one. Wow, mm. that's crazy. By the way, thank you so much for reaching out uh, and and asking for footage of my Seiko SPV because uh, it was an honor to be on your on your channel you, i was excited you really like, oh, saved cool. me there <laughs> you really saved me there because i wanted to have great footage i saw you review on that i loved the footage and it helped me Thank really you. to make my cycle video and it's going strong it's doing pretty well also so um, man that, for that let me tell you it's, the spb line from seiko is is really making a lot of noise man i mean people yeah. love that i mean i love that watch but i just i just can't believe how much how popular is becoming and i know that new model i forget the spb something the one with the white dial and what the dial, like blue the bezel. bezel oh nice oh man that thing looks beautiful so if you ever get a chance to check one out in the metal spb it, it just wears perfect in my opinion mm. it's, it's an incredible yeah. watch but of course you're gonna have the haters and criticizing them and I've, I've it's my highest viewed video on my channel and i get all kinds of comments on there right a lot of positive mostly positive but of course a lot of people criticizing seiko and you know their accuracy and how can you pay so much money and it's like look there's a lot of controversy about seiko because they they put like these crazy um uh specifications online right like minus 15 plus 30 or whatever whatever it is like this huge range that you're like what that doesn't make any sense but for the most part 
that's not true. You know, I mean, the, the watches are, are, I haven't even timed mine, to be honest with you. I'm not a time freak because I change watches so often that I don't keep up with the timekeeping, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I know it's not getting minus 30 seconds a, a day or plus 30 seconds a day or even 15 seconds a day. It's not crazy like that. But I do think that because of the price, they should maybe pay a little more attention to that. And I'm not saying, obviously, bring it down to like the cost specifications number one they can't because they're japanese not swiss but whatever kind of like grand seiko right grand seiko is amazing and obviously they're respected for their finishing for their accuracy so why not tap into that a little bit if you're gonna charge that much more for a seiko you know so what i don't understand this i'm oh, sorry Piras. go ahead you go what i don't understand you know when you see watch reviews about like Swatch Group watches like Tissot or I don't know, Hamilton. Nobody seems to talk about the tolerances of the movement. Just when Psycho comes out, everyone talks about the tolerances of the movement or the accuracy of the movement. Yeah. So to me, I'm a, I'm a Psycho fan. I do have my Psycho Turtle um, limited edition, Save the Ocean, Great White. And it's the same here. I don't mind if it's running faster or slower. I actually, I have to set it once in a week and when I work and it's, it's all right for me. I don't see that it's going faster or slower than my other watches. Of course, the 4 of 36 is not the best movement, but I'm all right with it. It's tough. It's my fun diver. I purchased this um, in Japan 2019 during That's our cool. honeymoon. And uh, I do have the Kenji, the Kenji um, Ooh, day complication. Nice. I wanted mm. to have that. This is why I got the, the turtle and no other watch, because I wanted to have also the, the day complication in Kenji. So they make fun watches and they up the game a lot. So um, I saw your podcast um, with, ah, <laughs> I forgot his name. Which one was it? What, what were you talking about? Oh, I could tell you who it was. <laughs> I, I, I got my, I have to know him. It's famous. Uh, he makes his Mark own, from Long Mark from Long Island. Mark from yes. Long Island. How could I forgot his name? And he, he pointed out very correctly. Psycho right now asked the money they should get. Yeah. Uh, not talking about Grand Cycle Shock. Talk about right. the regular Psycho models. And they have the Presage line. Um, the new Presage. GMT, for example, they have interesting movement there. It's a real GMT movement. Um, the diver line, I think the quality of those, it is okay for the price point of view. And they have a lot of history behind this. They go back really to the history of watches. They have a really big impact on the whole watch industry. Oh, yeah. And this is why I respect Seiko and why you should also consider and collect Seiko as a watch lover because they are part of the watch history itself. And they made also some great improvements and designs talking about the quartz crisis. And um, this Grand Zyko, of course, who can step up the game. They become very successful now, mostly in the US, also in Germany now. And um, I think they deserve it. Yeah. Oh yeah, then I don't think that people who like me, who love Seiko really care about the little imbalances and things that's wrong with them. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I just think they're great manufacturers. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think yeah. I, I love them because of the design perspective, right? Yeah. So a lot of their watches. Mm, sure. And I can't say that for 
a lot of brands, right? And I'll take Hamilton as an, as an example. I have my khaki field. I really do, do love the way it looks. But there's so many in their line and their collection that I just cannot get behind because they just don't speak to me. I don't like them, right? I respect them, but mm. I just don't like them. But Seiko. Uh, you could get for- with the Ventura. No, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't see where for me. I respect it for what it is. Again, I'm not bashing anybody, but Seiko for me has become one of my favorite brands, really, if I do say so myself. It's not high, you know, horology or whatever, but design is there. It's incredible that everything is in-house and it's pretty affordable. You know what I mean? That I think that's the key, the key thing for me. It's you always look for a deal and i think that's what people can't get behind they just cannot get behind maybe the price because they're like no 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 no. for it to be a good watch it has to be swiss and it has to be over a thousand dollars or else you're getting garbage you know and and i see a lot of youtubers out there and i'm not going to name any names but that are into the higher more expensive things and for them the cheapest they'll go is a grand seiko and to them that's like cheap and it's like no that's the wrong mentality i could get behind a timex it's a great watch like you mm-hmm. know what what do you define as great and what are you looking for right you shouldn't bash any brands because of the bezel alignment is that should they change that yes of course but is that a make or Don't break count. for me now <laughs> I don't care because the watch looks yeah. awesome. And just to mm-hmm. know that that other brands, micro brands and even homage watches, what movement are they using? Seiko movements. Why? Because they're respected. They're they're durable. They're affordable. I mean, come on. It's like a Honda, you know? Like, how can you hate on Honda? Maybe you, you don't like all their designs, but you can't hate on Honda. It's a great car, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Toyota, you know? So. Also, when I check out micro brands, my minimum requirement is it should at least be a cycle movement. Minimum, yeah. Or or a Miyota. Yeah, for sure. NH or Miyota, yeah, for Mm. sure. And then Eta, Salida. But yeah, any of those Chinese movements, nothing against them. I just don't know much about them. You know, I wouldn't spend my money on something I don't really know much about. Right. So with you being in Germany, what... What brand of watch, well, movement of watch do you see more? Uh, German versus Swiss versus Japanese? That's a tough one. From my point of view, forgive me, I'm German. I think Alang und Söhne makes nicer movements than, than Patek Philippe in terms of the decoration, 100%. in terms of how much they put into the movement themselves. I would never get for myself a Patek Philippe, first of all, or uh, Adlang or Zöne because they are really expensive and I'm not yeah. the dress watch type of guy, but I really appreciate what they put into the movements. And I think um, they, are, they are definitely top-notch. Um, even, even when I compare them with Japanese manufacturing of movements, I do, I, I, from my point of view, Adlang Zöne is, is top tier for, for movements and their decoration. From my point of view, how do you feel about like Zin or Glasute? Glasute? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. But... Glashütte original. Glashütte. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough one, I know. Um, I do like um, I do like Glashütte original, but a lot of their watches do look very much alike to Alang und Söhne in terms of their design. Um, they have the CQ. The CQ I do like with a panorama date. Um, but um, also they are the majority of their watches are more like dress watches. I don't like Zin. I do like quite what? a lot. Um, the, 
the Zen 903. Um, it's really nice. But overall, I don't have right now a germ watch in my collection, which is a shame. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I <admit> that. <laughs> so I have to work on that. I do fancy Normos. I did own a Normos Club Campus, but it was, again, for my taste, too dressy. So this is why mm. those watches don't work for me. Um, I think um, Zin could be also one watch I might add one day to my collection just to have a germ watch in my collection. But I do focus or I do like more or less Swiss made or Japanese watches. Mm. Okay. Real talk. That makes sense. <laughs> At least he's keeping it real, P. Ross. Yeah. I mean, you know, Nomos no for me, you know, the Bauhaus style, I, I, it's pleasing to the eyes, right? It's really nice to look at. But I'm with you, Constantine. Like, I, I, I'm a sports watch type of guy. Exactly. So, exactly. To spend that much money on a, on a dress watch, it's like, I don't know if I would wear it enough. I mean, it's cool. Nomos makes some beautiful pieces, right? But I don't know. I actually mm. did lie to you guys. I do have a German watch in my collection. I've got the Stover Flieger. Oh, mm. I, didn't yes, yes. I didn't consider this because great news. My wife got it now. So this is the first mechanical watch my wife has um, because when she tried it out mm. and she asked, okay, can I, can I check it out? Saying, of course. And she likes it and she's wearing it. So I'm pretty proud that my wife finally awesome. at least have one mechanical watch <laughs> and she does awesome. it. How, how big is that? What are the dimensions? 40 millimeters. 40 millimeters. 40 millimeters. Does it have a, a Salida movement or? Um, this one is, I think, still the Salida movement. No, I make the video. I think it's still the Ada movement. Um, it's, oh, okay. uh, it's a Flieger Type B dial automatic with a date complication. Mm. So pretty good one. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I know there's been a lot of talk about um, German and Japanese and Swiss, and I mean, we've asked people before, right? Well, which ones your your favorite and why and whatnot? But another question that we kind of controversial question in the in the watch world is the Holy Trinity, right? So. You know, I, I, I mean, we all know the, the, the guys that are there, but they're all Swiss, of course. So, you know, do you think the Holy Trinity will ever be revised? And if so, in your opinion, what brands should be in the Holy Trinity? The current ones or should we change it? I don't think they're going to be revised, but I would say Alang und Söhne, of course, deserves their space and also Credo. Okay. Nobody really mm. talks about Creator. It's uh, it's unfortunate. It's, I mean, they, they make some beautiful things, but to me, Creator. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they are to me the top notch of watchmaking what um, Japan has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think um, if we talk about Holy Trinity, if we have to add two, I just would add their Creator and um, Alang and Söhne because mm. they would deserve it. Honestly, I mean, of course, Alang and Söhne was shut down, um, especially um, when, when, when we have um, separated Germany and when there was East Germany and um, West Germany and um, got then reintroduced to the brand market, to the market and do a lot of great things in terms of the movements. Credor, again, I'm not too much a dress watch type of guy, but they make Awesome watches, awesome complications, the craftsmanship there, there. So um, those two I would see in the Holy Trinity, actually. Mm. Even they are not Swiss. 
So, so okay. So I, I I like where you're going with this, right? So you got one Japanese, you got German. So you got to keep one Swiss in there. What what do you what are you picking? Vacheron. It's a tough one. Vacheron. Vacheron. Just because of Vacheron Constantine. My name is Constantine. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a flex. Just... That's a flex. That's a flex. He's just being biased. Yeah, Vacheron. Yeah. Well, for me, it would be Vacheron or Patek. I, I mean, those two, man, they make beautiful watches. AP. I'm sorry. They. I mean, yeah, they make cool watches, but it's the Royal Oak. It's all they make. Exactly. Sorry. They they just don't deserve to be in the Holy Trinity, in my opinion. So, I don't know. What were your thoughts on the Black Panther watch? Well, <laughs> no Federico comment. From, <laughs> no, Frederico <laughs> from Chaluso made actually an interesting video about the Black Panther watch, and I share his opinion. It's it's sort of uh, an AP thing to do, and they did such interesting collaborations before it's not something new and i wouldn't buy it it's just a design which not is my cup of tea so to say but i don't mind it those watches it's also like jacob and code i i would never purchase this even if i would have the money i never would oh you would never purchase an astronomia what no Come on. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh. No, also not the Godfather. I, <laughs> hey, it's nice to see and hear the melody and huh. I, I wear my watches. I like to enjoy yeah. my watches on my wrist. I cannot handle those Jacob and Co. stuff. And also the Black Panther is something I don't know. It's it's not my it's not just my thing. Yeah. Right on. I mean, I appreciate the craftsmanship, but uh, I think the thing that shocked me is this like marble, like out of everybody, marble, like it kind of Marble to me is is very childish, right? So I, I like the movies, but every time I think of Marble, I think of like Disneyland, right? Because I mean, we, you know, Disneyland kind of obviously does the whole Marble thing. So every time we go to Disneyland, mm -hmm. that's all you see, right? Marble and it's the characters and the kids walking around with this. So to me, it's like to spend that much money on something that's kind of childish. It kind of doesn't make sense. But the craftsmanship is amazing. Like oh, they ban the them up though. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, limited, man, you know, yeah. and, and people reselling them for crazy prices, and I don't know. I, I, let me talk about watch collecting as a whole. I just feel like I came into watch collecting maybe a little too late because right now the market, the way that it is with the gray dealers, and you know, and I'm talking more like Rolex, right, and and like the more expensive things, like it's almost unattainable. It's like number one, you can't buy yeah. one from your AD, and number two, I mean, if you want to buy one, even an OP. Right, the, with the colorful, you know, Stella dials or whatever you want to call it, you're looking at 15 grand, 19 grand. It's like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. It's not worth it. It's not worth that price. And I don't have that kind of money, you know? So it's, it's really upsetting to me to think that, man, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, watches weren't what they are now, right? You could literally walk into an AD and buy it at a discount, I'm pretty sure, you know? And it's not like that anymore. Mm. And it, it kind of really makes me think is it ever going to normalize but then i look at channels like the timepiece gentleman and the gray market you know with these uh roman and all these guys and they glorify what they do right they're the gray market and look how much money we're making and look how we could flip these things and they openly admit they're like oh yeah I, I i'm with ad's and as soon as i get something i flip it 
Um, and it's sad, right? Because it's like, well, what about the enthusiasts? Like you're, you're kind of messing it up for all of us. You know, I, I get it. You need to make your money, but dang, man, come on. <laughs> well, it's, it's not just the, the watch market, actually. Um, I've got a friend who sounds a bit, a little bit strange, but he does collect Unimox. It's a Mercedes. It's like, um, more like a car for constructions and so on. It's very famous, actually, worldwide. Also, the military use uh, Mercedes Unimog. And um, the older ones, they are really sought after. So in the past, you could purchase them from a farmer or from the military. And nowadays, it's like the market is gone. There are Unimog clubs who come together. And if you would like to have one, you have really to be connected. The same with art. When you check out nowadays art, it became more and more expensive, the classics. So we do live in a more difficult um, time period right now. And people don't get like um, big bucks when they put their money on the bank. So they look for alternatives and everything which seems to be easy, they are going for. And as mentioned before, when I collect, I do collect um, since 2008, um, started really getting into Rolex in 2010, 2011. And this was watch collectors heaven because you could get a steel GMT master for um, below the list price without any problem with one phone call. Hey, do you have to watch there? Wow. Okay, of course, I'm there tomorrow and purchase this. There was a Rolex guy in 2011. I've got um, Datejust GMT master, two-tone submariner, full gold submariner, 14060M steel submariner. And my mistake was I sold them too early <laughs> hmm. because... Um, this all started, I think, it stopped rising in 2014, 2015, when the market of watches made that turn. And right now, it's not necessarily the fault from the brands themselves, because I think Rolex still put out a huge amount of watches every year. But the demand is so high because um, everyone would like to get a piece of the cake. Everyone nowadays is a small investor and would like to make his profit. And due to this, the demand blows up. And also with YouTube, with social media, yeah. and when you check out Instagram, this pushes this also to the limit. In 2011, YouTube wasn't a thing. I was in China. There was even no YouTube available. Um, when I was then in, in, in Mexico, 2015, okay, it became more and more a thing, but there weren't so many mm. channels out there. And now people look for alternatives and you find all this stuff on Instagram. You find all this stuff on YouTube. I just recently saw an app, an application, where they say now, hey, you can um, purchase, repurchase this watch, this um, Rolex Daytona. You can have a share of it. And when we sell it, you get part of right. This is crazy. This is like um, stock market for watches. So um, I think mm. this is also fault of social media and the current yeah. state of technology, so to say. Yeah. Oh, it's just upsetting. It's upsetting. I mean, look at look at Seiko, right? We'll take them as an example. Like Mark said, it's, it's correcting itself. But what does that even mean? Now that means that we can't get Seikos at an affordable rate anymore. I mean, right now you can, but pretty soon you won't because they're all going to be eaten up. And look at the SKX. It's incredible. It was a watch mm-hmm. that you could get relatively inexpensive. And you go to eBay now, good luck. Get three, four, five hundred bucks for an SKX. And I'm like, what? why <laughs> it's it's just crazy man uh but uh well anyway it, i i think we've uh covered a lot of cool topics uh 
and uh, about watches and whatnot. But yeah, we're in the part of the show where we talk about other things. So you can talk about any, it could be watches, but uh, this is just to get to know you a little bit better. So take it away, whatever you want to talk about. Well, on the, on the one hand, um, I don't know whether you guys know this. I, I'm pretty sure, but um, having a YouTube channel, um, if you are a watch guy, you automatically also become a gear guy. So I'm right now in cameras. I just purchased a new camera and I was like um, going the whole other way around. So I don't care about watches right now. I would like to upgrade a little bit my, my camera, get the new one. And I went down the whole rabbit hole and yeah. comparing Sony versus Ken, which which uh, lenses should I get or update and so on. Um, this is what I really do like. This is sort of my problem. Um, when I get into something, I'm I'm really really like digging into the topic. Yeah. Um, another thing which I just um, start watching is Peaky Blinders. Um, it's a Netflix series. So um, in the ev- in the evening right now, um, I really enjoy those to watch and to see just after work uh, to to, to relax a little bit. So what's that show? What what is mm. it? Peaky Blinders. It's like um, after World War One. Um, it's in Britain, and it's those brothers which um, run their business. They are in gambling. It's like. Um, similar to the mafia so they compete with italian mafia um they are related to to the irish um with uh, um, um IRR, uh, ira for example and um, it's like um, also pre-world war ii so you can see actually how it was a time after um, first world war in, in england how do these gangs um work with um, dealing with with the drugs with um, alcohol and, and stuff it's it's pretty entertaining because you have also the main character um tommy um it's also very well um, played and acted and it's it's just fun to watch i like those sort of series um, i do like the sopranos which is from the nowadays it's like the sopranos but in 1925 mm, so to sense. say so you ended up going with a canon i'm assuming yeah, I'm a Ken guy. Okay. All right. And I got myself a Ken 90D. It's not the best camera, but it's what I think is um, nice for the channel. And I can get some good footage out of that. Got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still sticking with my oldie. It works as a A6300, so Sony A6300. Um, just buy different lenses or whatever. But uh, yeah, for me, it's more about the technique, right? So it's about the the angles, the way that you shoot things, about the lighting, and also just, just getting better at your craft, you know? Because I've seen there's plenty of YouTube channels where they give a novice like a red, uh, and and then they give the pro like this cheap little camera. And the pro stuff yeah. comes out so much better because it's about technique, right? So tools are important, but the technique to me, it's it's equally as important, you know. So yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, but let me ask you something before we move on to P. Ross and 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 me. I want I want to ask because you are married to a Mexican. What is your favorite Mexican dish? Uh, my favorite Mexican dish, mole poblano. Oh my guy, my guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you like it uh, super spicy or more on the sweet side? No, 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 more on the sweet side. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I, I cannot tolerate a lot of spicy. I learned a lot with my wife, so um, um, I, I can appreciate it a little bit more right now. So um, salsa Valentina is okay. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> it's, 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 it took a long way, but it's all right. But uh, in comparison with my wife, um, she's killing it a lot. Um, spicy food and i i'm oh, just yeah. more suffering from that <laughs> do you so I'm, I'm i'm curious how is the how easy or how difficult is it to get mexican products in germany is it becoming more prominent or you guys have to order it on amazon or on the internet you have to get it online so there's like oh, Mer mercado mexicano de which is a website in Germany where you can get at least tortillas you can get their salsa valentina which is important um um, jalapenos, the lata, so it's like in, yeah, in four bottles. Um, chipotle, you can get the stuff, but you have to order mm. it online. We even were able to, to find takis, and no way. <laughs> but my ways, my wife, was very happy about that. That we could order <laughs> takis, takis so. yes, <laughs> <laughs> al final, <laughs> finalmente, finalmente. Oh man, P. Ross, look, I don't want to throw you under the bus, man, but I've told you to get into Mexican food and he just doesn't. We have to. Okay, so let me ask you, Constantine, have hey. you ever heard of chile rellenos? Claro que sí. Have you ever heard of, um, uh, what was the other thing that P. Ross didn't know what it was? Uh, it was uh, chorizo. Chorizo. Well, this chorizo is more a Spanish thing, no? You can get it also in, in Mexico, it but it's like. It's more like spare, right, but it, right, 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 right. Tastes good. Yeah, it's not like truly Mexican, but but yeah, my man, P. Ross, what are you, what are you doing, man? Do you guys have? Hey. You live in the U.S. There's a yes, ton of yes. Mexican markets where you live. I'm sure. Yes, it is. Yes, ton. How come you don't eat Mexican food, man? Come on. I do eat Mexican food. What would he? Taco Bell's not Mexican food, all right? Uh, look, Chipotle. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We make tacos here at home, man. And my tacos are the bomb, man. Okay. What do my you make friend. your tacos of? What 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 are you, what ingredients do you use? The, the, the regular stuff. <laughs> what do you? I don't know what that means. <laughs> the regular stuff. We use ground round, of course. You know okay. what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Taco shells. You know what I'm saying. We cut up some some tomatoes, lettuce, some cheese. You know, we do it big when it comes to the tacos, man. Come on. Give me a do break, you ever bro. use um, just corn tortillas? No. Come on, no. man. What's those? The hard shells? Or what? What you mean? Hard no, shell? no, 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 no. They're the, they're the soft ones, the tortillas. Yeah, know, I've the used tortillas. the soft. Yes, I've used the soft shell. Yeah, yeah. Do you cilantro? You chop up some cilantro, baby. What is? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Constantly, <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with here. This guy doesn't even know. I, I don't even <laughs> know what that is, bro. I'm gonna send, send you a pic. Send me I'm a gonna pic. send you. I'm gonna send you a care package of like Mexican food, and it's like this is what you need to eat, Piras. And if you okay. want to send me some of your your culturally whatever you want to call it food, and okay, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hold you to that. I'd be expecting my package. Net. What, 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 what is one thing? Okay. Out of town. Make fun of me. Make fun of me. Tell me. Tell me some food that you guys eat that I probably wouldn't have had. Oh, chitlins. What? What's See, that? Yeah, yeah, okay. Now I'm lost. It, it's 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 it comes from slavery, right? When okay. the master wouldn't give black people anything to eat, right? So they okay. gave us the scraps of everything. You know what I'm saying? And right. chitlins, we made a delicacy, which is part of the pig. Is it the you know I mean? wait with the feet? No, the intestines. The intestines. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Like the stomach? No, just the intestines. And how do you cook Big it? Intestine. You just boil it. Boil it. Boil so it. Is it a soup with some is potatoes like and onions? No, it's it's like what can I compare chitlins to? I don't eat them anymore, but that's something that 
Oh, man, what can I compare Chillins to? Chillins got his own taste, man. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, it's, it's his own thing. You know what I mean? And and you can't eat everybody because everybody don't clean them correctly. So, you know, you got to be real picky with it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Got but it. I haven't had none in a while. I just refuse to clean them now. So, you know. Yeah, over here in uh, California, we have, and I, I know, I don't know if this is more of a black culture or not, but Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. So I don't know if that's. We got a chicken and waffle spot, but it's not Roscoe Chicken and Waffles. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I've been to Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles in Atlanta. How was that? Pretty good. Great. Do you know what that is, Constantine? Chicken and Waffles? Um, I know chicken and I know waffles. I don't know the combination. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's fried chicken, right? And you get your waffle on the side with maple syrup and you just eat it together, man. Sweet and salty. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a delicious thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I will try it out. It's like Mole Poblano's chicken and with, with chocolate, but it's not too sweet, right. actually. But um, I yeah. think I get the get the hint of it. Yeah, I think you'll be Sounds okay because a, a lot of Mexican food is almost like they're like uh, you know uh, mole, right? So it's like sweet, but then it's salty at the same time, and you can have some rice on the side or whatever. So yeah, I don't know for sure. So you know, we, oh, we eat man. a lot of fish too. A lot of fish. A lot of fish, catfish, greens. Yes, a lot, a lot of greens and stuff like that. Yes, so. yes, sir. Oh yeah. man! All right. Well, one thing for me, I just checked out, and this this came out in 2019, 2020, Rambo: The Last Blood. Have you guys ever seen that movie? Yeah, yes, Rambo? yes, <laughs> of course. Yes, yes. That thing was crazy, like chopping mm-hmm. bodies and blowing up heads, and I'm like, whoa, what the heck am I watching? <laughs> That was entertaining, and I forget what watch he had on. I forget the brand. It's uh, he had somebody, uh, Sylvester Stallone had somebody make a custom watch for him, and he's typically known for doing that, right? He'll go to like RM and and different places and and uh, manufacturers, I should say, and uh, get a custom watches made for him. So he's a he's a watch guy, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. That was kind of cool, and obviously thanks to him, uh, Panerai kind of became the thing. Him and Arnold, right? So yeah, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, it's been a lot of fun, Constantine. Thank well, can you so I much. can I say what I what I got? You know, what I'm I thought you did. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just asking no. you about food. Oh, I'm sorry. Go for it. Star Wars: The Bad Batch, Disney Plus. Do you like uh, so Star seven. Wars, Constantine? Um, it's okay. Um, Star Wars Thank to you. me is fine. Thank you, but um, it's not my my favorite, so to say. But um, the Bad Batch. We'll, we'll talk about it. Talk about it. What, what, what is it? What's so good what, what about it? What is the The Bad Batch, they are a particular set of clones that wasn't made correctly, but they all have individually special gifts, which okay. they bring together and they became a team. They made them a team, basically. Better than a regular clone team. So I love it. You know what I mean? So, so it's like serious? How many episodes? Uh, We on episode seven right now. Season one, episode seven. Disney so. Plus, right? Disney Plus. Also, the new Loki series. Oh, I heard Ooh, about that. I might check that, that one out. That sounds good. That's the, the first episode was pretty good. Pretty really? Good. I yes. might check that one out. That, yes. that one sounds pretty good. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Constantine, thank you so much for taking the time, man, to uh, talk to us and then just, you know, wanted to pick your brain. And, and yeah, we've been wanting to have you for such a long time. Where can people find uh, your YouTube, your Instagram, any any social media accounts? Um, you can find me on YouTube. Um, 
with um, the name Mr. B or Mr. B Watches. And you can find me on Instagram, B underline Mr. underline B. Um, so I'm available there as well. Very cool. Do you mind if I ask? I've always been curious, Mr. B, what, what does that mean or what? <laughs> Everyone is asking about it. Um, it goes back to 2000, I think 2008, 2009, when I became a member of the Watch Forum. And you have to pick a name. And all the cool names I wanted um, were gone. And then I said, okay, maybe I use Mr. And B is the first, um, the first um, one of my family name. So I became Mr. B. And then okay. I was into watches and I started the channel. And I wasn't that creative. So I started also <laughs> Mr. B YouTube channel. <laughs> okay. Right Fair, enough. Right. Fair enough. Right P. Enough. Ross. Uh, Ross Wristwatch Love everywhere. YouTube, Facebook. Instagram, check out the SoCal Watch Review Podcast Facebook page. We are in the building, okay? You said that right. So SoCal Watch Reviews for me on YouTube, on Instagram as well. And then on YouTube, if you want to check out my Spanish reviews or know anybody that speaks Spanish, Relojeando is my Spanish channel and basically try to do the same thing as my English one. Uh, And of course, this podcast and i've told you guys before the people watching listening to rate our show but i got asked well how do you rate a show i don't even know how to do it i i only know how to do it through the apple Podcasts app it lets you put uh the little stars right so please don't give us one star <laughs> we would hope at least <laughs> four and five stars and leave a leave a comment on there you know we will take anything even some constructive criticism is fine we could all better ourselves and obviously we're trying uh but anyway constantine thank you so much uh for coming on i hope you had a lot of fun yes, thanks so much for having me it was an honor especially for the 80th episode so uh, it was really fun with yes, you sir. talking watches talking everything and uh, really appreciate it, it nice sounds good all right guys well thank you so much for watching and listening and stay humble